tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC.
Welcome to Springboard, your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of the Virtual Academic Board, chaired by Comfort, with support from Matthew and the entire crew. On this beautiful day, I hereby matriculate you into a week in which you will excel spiritually, financially, materially, professionally, emotionally, socially, and every other way in between. And if you will give it your very best, Simply say amen. All right. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation in partnership with your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. We also on YouTube and on Facebook. I want to remind you to check out our YouTube channel or my YouTube channel, Albert Okran, for that video I promised last week on the mountaintop experience, 12 lessons from Afa Jatu. Springboard is brought to you in partnership with some of Ghana's finest brands. Let me see a big thank you to MTN, MTN Pulse, just the, the Enterprise Group, Enterprise Your Advantage, UMB Bank, UMB Speed Up, Digibank, Let's Go, and our print media partner, the Graphic Communications Group, led by the graphic business. So our theme for 2021 is repositioning. Something must shift from where it was before or we are looking at reviewing the past, redesigning the present, and reimagining the future. That theme will run through every single springboard intervention all year through. Last week, we began a discussion about managing stress and mental health. We brought back a recording pre-COVID done a year ago with Professor Angela Furiata, and Kabna Dapa, who shared about his own experience of mental health issues. Many of you reached out, and it was heartwarming to hear people share about their personal issues and their family issues. Something I'll ask our resource person very shortly about. Are they not just personal, but are they family issues when somebody has mental health challenges? But today we continue to focus on stress and mental health and zero in on the workplace why is that important one of the statistics that we shared last week from the recording a year ago was the fact that altogether the issues arising from mental health lead to a seven percent loss in productivity for the individual for the company and by by and large for the nation and so we want to zero in on work, please, and see how has the world of work changed as a result of mental health issues, especially with COVID on the rampage, if I may use that word. And then how are companies responding to ensure they still can maintain productivity and fulfill their mandate while preserving the safety 
of their stakeholders, staff, and clients. In the studios with me today, I have Dr. Isaac Newman Arthur, the only one in the world who wears the following hats. He's a medical doctor, clinical psychologist, marriage counselor, preacher, and carpenter. Chai do all. Isaac, welcome to Springboard. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let me wish you a happy new year on behalf of our, our viewers and, uh, uh, and thank listeners. You. Yeah, thank you. Good thank to you. see you. Yeah, good to see you too. <laughs> right. We also are joined on the line by, by one of my favorite people, Eva Richardo, group head of HR at the Enterprise Group, who will share shortly some of the changes in the field of work and how organizations can redesign or reposition their HR function, especially in the face of COVID-19. Eva, if you can hear me, hello to you. Hi, Albert, and thanks for the opportunity. It's a blessing to have you. So we'll be coming to you shortly, Eva, but let me get some foundations from um, Isaac about, about mental health. What is the state of mental health locally and globally? Uh, generally, um, any figure you, you pick from anywhere is underestimated. Wow. Because we don't understand what mental health is. What is mental health? Mental health borders on three things. Your thinking, your feelings, and your behavior. So all the mental health issues simply is on these levels. Thinking, feelings, and behavior. So any thinking or feelings or behavior that is causing some dysfunction, you are not able to function normally, is causing some uh, um, distress, because of how you think or feel or behave, is causing you some distress. Then also damage, damage to yourself, your relationships, your work, everything around you. Then the last has to do with deviation from social norms because everything is in a certain context. So when people deviate, we need to find out why. And it may be as a result of the way they think or feel or behave. So any thinking or feelings or behavior at all, that is impairing people's functioning. They are not able to cope and adjust to situations. They can't form and maintain meaningful relationships. They, they have a certain negative perception about themselves. They can't live independently. They can't pursue meaningful life goals and also contribute meaningfully to society. That is mental health. So it's as simple as that. So anything, for example, any behavior people would describe as bad. She's a bad girl. He's a bad boy. That description is, is mental health because it's behavior. Because everybody who does something, there is a reason they do that. And so behaviors are mental health. Maybe you have a child who goes to school and is misbehaving. That is mental health. It's just like someone who has malaria. <laughs> it's behavior and the mental health. Or someone who is thinking about something because of that, they're anxious or they're worried or they're not happy with their lives. It's under mental health. Okay. All kinds of you know relationship issues. So there are many groups of mental disorders. We have mood problems, anxiety issues, neurocognitive problems, psychotic problems. We have personality issues. We have sexual, all sex-related problems. It's under mental health. Substance-induced problems, addictions to all kinds of things, sleep problems, eating problems, um, even medical problems with uh, with uh, psychological problems with medical issues. For example, someone who has stroke. We have some personality change, memory may be impaired, speech, language, everything may be gone and all that. Even now, COVID-19, we know that there's some residual problems with their cognitive functions because the virus attacks the brain. You know? So mental health is, is so broad and all-inclusive. The more you describe it, the more I get the impression that from where you sit, each one has varying degrees of mental health issues. 
Yes, so at every point in time, we look at impaired function to, you know, optimum function. So everybody generally has to be above average where it is not impairing your functioning on a daily. So any thinking or feelings or behavior that is affecting you, uh, it's, it's under mental health. So you may have a mental health issue, but not, not a disease. Not, not, not grievous enough to impair your functioning. So it's impairing your functioning, but it does not qualify to be classified as a disease okay. or an illness. Okay. So, for example, someone has a headache and there is nothing else and there's no disease. In the same way, someone may have a mental health issue, but not a mental illness. Okay. Because mental illnesses would have to satisfy a certain diagnostic criteria. Just, just for purposes of statistics, in the presentation we discussed last week, it was suggested that 41% of people have some form of mental illness. And in 19%, that is one out of five, it is significant enough to qualify as illness. And that was the statistic that we shared last week. Okay. But even more importantly, how has the COVID-19 pandemic and the issues that have followed aggravated or exacerbated this mental health issue? Yes. So like you mentioned earlier on, Worldwide, more than about 700 million people have some mental illness of a sort. 700 to about 1.1 billion. That is the global statistics. And uh, so even in this season, it depends on whether the person already has a mental health issue or not. Because if you have a mental health issue, all the issues with COVID-19 in terms of mental health compounds it. And those who do not have some mental health issues may start experiencing new things like stress. Stress in reorganizing your life and dealing with all the challenges in this season. Anxiety about the illness itself, about your own future and aspirations and the things you're involved in before it happened. Anybody who's not able to cope with their stress and anxieties may go into some form of depression. So if you're already depressed before the COVID-19, this season may make it worse. And in some, in some situations, abuse has gone up. Some more than two times, more than three times, you know, has gone up. Then also uh, issues relating to uh, people's, you know, social issues and work-related problems and all that. They are all compounding the issue. So we can actually say that this season has actually aggravated all kinds of mental health issues all over, all over the world. I want us to isolate the peculiar, and I'm going to go to Eva very shortly yes. for very specific details about the practical expression of these thoughts, but give us a sense of some of the peculiar developments that we notice as we zoom in, especially on the professional side of things, some of the developments we notice and the linkage between them and mental stress. Okay, so every work environment has its own problems. In addition to the problems people have themselves before they come to the work environment. So there are things that create some form of stress in the work environment already. And I want to quickly, you know, uh, mention some of them briefly. The first one has to do with the fact that there are two groups of stresses. One has to do with people's personal stresses in addition to their stresses at work. So when it comes to people's personal stresses, their personality creates stress for, for them. So anybody who has some personality issues and not able to form and maintain meaningful communication and relationship, they have that. Then also past people's past creates some undue stress for them. People's experiences, the things they are going through in their homes. Then also their potentials, their ability to perform work 
well on all uh, levels of their lives, including work. Then also their worldview creates new stress. People, the way they think about themselves, the world around them, influences their own personal stress. Then also their personal ambitions and aspirations and expectations. Then their character and values. These things are personal things that create some stress for them. Then the resources available to them as individuals, whether at home or at work. Then also responsibilities and expectations. Then conditions of service at work. Then also their relationships. So anybody who comes to work has their own stresses. Then also the corporate issues and the climate at work influences their stress. So, for example, a lady may come to work who has all kinds of family-related problems, right from childhood, abuse, neglect, and all that, and she's trying to make sense out of her life. She enrolled and was in a certain school system, went through all kinds of problems. Now she has been taken in a certain corporate environment to work. So she comes to work, and not just the work, she's coming with her personal problems. So now there's something we call presenteeism. Absenteeism means that you didn't show up at work. But presenteeism means that you are at work, but you are non-functional because you are not there. So anybody who has personal problems, marital problems, personal financial issues, whatever it is, they are coming with their own uniqueness and their unique stresses. Then when they come to work, the work environment, relationships at work, responsibilities and expectations from the boss, the environment. You know, there are some workplaces you go because of the air conditions and the settings there and the break times and all that. It helps ease your stresses. You know, then also conditions of service. Are they being paid enough? What are the expectations of the bosses? Is there abuse, verbal sexual abuse at work? You know, all the working climate and environment also adds on to people's personal stresses. So actually, if the person wasn't working, their stress level may be lower than when they were working because the work also poses a certain kind of stress and together the person has to find ways to cope. Anybody who does not develop effective coping strategies, then they are going to crash in and it's going to affect productivity. This is Springboard of Virtual University. The, as we look at repositioning today, we are focusing on managing stress and mental health. And one will say, why is that so important at the beginning of an all-important year like this? And the reason is some of the issues we are discussing now. Over the past one year, life has changed from how we know it, and we are trying to explore how different is our world compared to a year ago when the... COVID-19 situation began to unfold in our part of the world and how has that impacted our lives and very importantly our work. Let me bring on at this point a very um, important perspective that of the human resource executive. I want to suggest that the busiest people in this COVID era are HR heads and finance heads. HR heads with managing people and finance heads with managing money. Eva, is that, is that a, fair, a fair judgment? Very apt description, yes. <laughs> how, how has the field of work changed over the past year? I know we, we talk about it quite a bit, but yeah. beyond the newspaper articles and, and everything, from the point of view of somebody who sits at the head of a function of one of the leading companies in this country, how has the HR function changed across the world, first and then, and then locally? Okay. Right. Thanks, um, um, Albert. 
my the colleague who spoke earlier probably just told us everything there is to know the very foundation everything has changed everything has been magnified or the I would say the mental issues have magnified everything. And globally, I mean, the world of work has changed. Going uh, shift work, working remotely, working from home, I mean, has become the order of the day. But that in itself brings its own inherent um, risk. Um, policies have had to be changed. Labor laws have had to be reviewed because we hadn't anticipated the level at which everything will change at the same time. You know, usually some of these laws take a while. Something happens. There's a lot of engagement. But now we don't even have the luxury of time to change things on your own pace. You quickly must acclimatize your environment. Let's come down to our organization. We've had to completely change the way we work. From working hours, I mean, without, of course, breaking the laws, so you know that you're entitled to four, eight hours a day, but it's no longer work hours is from 8 a.m. to 4.30 or 8 to 5. We've been, we've been forced to make it more flexible, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., so long as you can do your eight hours in a day, which means I can do a 6 to 4, a 6 to 10, and then take a break. I have got to take my son to school, take my mother to the hospital, make room for that. I'll come back from 2 to X. And all of this has been thought through and made available for all of our staff, knowing that we are all now not working from the physical office environment where the necessary infrastructure and resources are available, but now people are working from home. People are working from the nearest place, maybe a, a cafe, because they can't get internet access from where their houses are located. We've had to consider all of that and come up with policies. So we have had to change drastically what we do as a people at Enterprise from work mode, from work shift system. So shift system is the order of the day, from executives down. And it is also just even give you the respite from being physically in the office with a lot of people at the same time. So on average, no more than 40% of the staff strength should be in a physical building at any given shift time. So that has completely changed how we work. I, I believe that it's also put a lot of demand and pressure on the HR function in terms of being able to rapidly respond. And I'm asking not just about you, but about a colleague HR head sitting, watching us today or listening to us and asking, how do I rapidly respond to an ever-changing world? And you describe having to even review laws at a faster rate than before. How should HR heads position themselves to remain at the cutting edge in a situation like this? I believe that we shouldn't just expect to reinvent, um, do things new or reinvent the wheel, so to speak. Let's speak to others. There's a lot of information out there now when it comes to HR and how we can support. You said rightly that this is a time where the function of HR has come to the forefront. Whereas people probably thought it's a back office, you go to most organizations and HR is probably parked somewhere else. You're finding now that the function now is at the forefront. It's about the people. The people, the people, their people. Their mental health, so what do you do? Psychosocial support. There are actual health issues. What do you do? Make sure that there's timely medical services. There are resources. So HR is right now at the forefront. And I'm saying to my colleagues out there, let's not um, try and do all by ourselves. Let's speak to each other. There's a lot wealth of information out there. Um, Gartner just gives us quite, quite a bit. Can we, um, can Ferry also puts quite a bit out there. And it's all free, thanks to technology. All this information is free. It's probably happening in an environment or geographical area which is different from ours, but now we are one big family. So one big global village, as we see. What is happening in Australia, you can pick a few things 
and then tweak it to suit your peculiar circumstances. So let's talk amongst ourselves. And we do that quite a bit. I would say that has increased in recent times where HR, and there's no barriers anymore. Like I'm hiding my information from what you do or NTN is hiding from um, another organization. We are sharing information because you just need to be able to tweak it to suit your peculiar circumstance and it becomes your, your brand thing. Eva, let's talk about costs. Our theme for this year on Springboard is repositioning. And you describe it perfectly when you talk about the fact that you now have 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. working hours with flexible choice to suit the individual and your peculiar circumstances. You've spoken about working remotely, policy change. All these are repositioning. And it involves reviewing the past, redesigning the present, and reimagining the future. I'm going to come to the future very shortly. But let me talk about cost. What are the cost implications of some of these developments that you describe on the business? I think the, the key one has been providing... Um, psychosocial support for your staff. Almost every organization provides health insurance one form or the other, whether it's the national health or private health, or you have some doctors or retainer relationships, the health of your staff have been catered for. But most of them do not cover mental health. And like the doctor mentioned earlier, it is now at the forefront. People have issues that when they come to work, it's almost like it's packaged and put aside. They, come, they become somebody else. And then when they're going back home, they just carry the pot and go and deal with it an aging parent or relative, a sick child or husband or wife, um, like he said, abused. And when you have to stay in the house and now work from home, everything is magnified like a thousand percent. So the cost for us, which we've seen going up, is trying to make sure that we provide this psychosocial support. And that is at an extra cost. Most of the insurance companies until um, recently were not catering for that. But for enterprise, that was a priority. We needed to have psychologists on hand who can speak to them in confidence, help them with their issues so that it does not affect adversely the performance at work. So that is what, and also providing resources. Everybody must have a laptop. It's no, more, no longer a luxury that if you are from level A, B, C, you can have laptops and those who are below can use the desktops. Laptops, iPads are no longer luxuries. Everybody should have those resources. And if you have a big group, um, almost a thousand people, employees, you need to make sure that they're totally resourced. And at any given time, those are in working condition. Um, fluctuations, X, Y, Z, before you know, lots of laptops are breaking down. But you must make sure that as an employer, you provide those resources. Then I think the bit of that about uh, telephony and communication costs, you know, data especially, to make sure that they are able to be online, real time, when you need them to do their work. So those are the key areas that I, I would say um, have increased considerably the COVID pandemic setting. When you mentioned a big organization employing almost a thousand people and you said these resources must be commonplace, my mind moved to the Champions League, World Cup or Olympic Games. This is not a small league, it's a big league. (laughs) Eva, let me ask you about staff. How have they responded to your response to the crisis? How have they responded to the changes that you've made with them in mind? At Enterprise, I would say that even the team I have, their business partners, we are amazed and the sense of resilience that the enterprise thoroughbred has exhibited. You know, like you just imagine a tree and all this wind blowing. I mean, some will fall, some boughs will break. The enterprise thoroughbred is firm and committed that no, we will make, and this comes, I guess, is the way they have been um, re-engineered even before I came on board. And you're finding that the willingness of the staff to go the extra mile, cover up for colleagues who can't be at work because the rules are saying if you have an under, uh, underlying conditions, you can't come to the fiscal office space. 
Yet we have some offices that cannot shut down the front line, the markets. They can't shut down. You can't work from home in the market per se. You have to physically interact with people. People are breaking their backs and standing in for their colleagues so that their colleagues who cannot, whether it's because they uh, whatever condition it is, can't physically do a ship system. They are sacrificing to do, I will do the ship for A, I will do the ship for It's unbelievable. I guess it comes from a certain emotional connection they have built over the period for the brand. And this is a period we're going through, it's a tough time. We will stand up together and make things happen. And um, I, we are listed, and I'm sure when the, the results are posted, you see that in the midst of all of this, we have done pretty well. I'm very, very proud of the team. Very proud. Eva, you give the, you give the impression that the more the company bends over to accommodate the peculiar needs of the staff, the more the staff are willing yes. to sacrifice and make the company's dream come true. Is that the symbiotic yes. relationship you are describing? Yes. Apt description. Very perfect. Once the staff knows that you care for them over and beyond how much they bring to the table as members of staff, but you care about their husbands, wives, children, making the extra um, adjustments to make them comfortable to deliver for you. Even when you haven't asked for it, they will give it to you. You're having people log in at 6 a.m. when I have to do a 6 to 2 or 6 to 3, and I log in. The number of people I see who are awake and logged in already it's, 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 it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. And they're not just logged in that you can't. If you wanted to speak to them, they are online. They're attentive. They're actually working. It's, it's admirable. Very admirable. Eva, two quick questions. How do you retain measurement of productivity in a situation where you are operating virtually? Because that's one of the big questions that yeah. many are struggling to come to terms with. How do you maintain measurement of productivity? How do you effectively ensure that people remain productive even though they're not physically on location? So like one of the key things we've had to do is quickly review our performance appraisal system. Target setting must be very specific. There should be clarity and no doubts that I thought you meant this, I also thought you meant this. Clarity in setting the targets and then more continuous feedback. You find that as line managers, we have a duty to reach out to our staff, not wait for an appraisal session per se. So you have most line managers meeting their staff bi-weekly, fortnightly. Get in touch with them and let them know how you can help before things go bad. So at the end of the month where you're assessing people, assessing your performance to your superiors, you already know what your people are doing, how far they have gone, the run rates that they need to do. It comes from communication, but frequent communication, but starting with clarity in setting the targets. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. So that's what we have done in uh, 2020 and continue to do in 2021. Clarity in target setting, continuous feedback, and then the line managers basically going over and beyond to care for their their, their team members, not just for work-related, but for, I mean, so you need to find out how's the baby doing, how is the hubby doing? I mean, go that extra mile because that is what will build the emotional credit for you and 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 the results will speak for themselves. I love your language. Clarity in target setting continuous feedback, and you talk about emotional credit. I, th- I tell you what, Eva, I get the impression from your description that the whole process of managing people has changed from what we knew yeah. before. Will the world ever be the same again? I don't know what you mean saying, because this is a new thing. <laughs> and we will with it. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I have my answer. Let me tell you what, before I let you go, Eva, we, yeah. will, we will talk about repositioning this time, not from, not today. We'll talk about repositioning again, not from the perspective of stress and mental health, but about professional development, because the World Economic Forum is suggesting that 94% of employers expect their staff to get new skills to be able to operate in this new normal that you described. And in over 40% of that situation, the latest revelation by the World Economic Forum is that in over 40% of the instances, those new skills must be acquired within the next six months. And yeah. I wanted to promise that you will come back and we'll have that conversation yeah. about professional development. You have my word on that. I would like to come again and share some more. May you live but long. Thank you so much for the opportunity. <laughs> Regards to the entire enterprise crew. We'll let them know. Have a good evening. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. So, Doc, are you surprised at some of these? <laughs> I'm amazed at the extent Eva describes about how the companies had to bend back to accommodate. Is, is, is it surprising for you? No, I, I, I'm not surprised because the human being has the capacity to expand and to endure and to overcome. It's part of us. So unless we face some kind of challenges, we cannot grow, we cannot expand. We will not even know what we have. But and, but she, she this crisis situation in which the company did well last year. She says they are listed companies, so their results yes, will come yes. out shortly. She says they did very well. Some did well in COVID, some did terribly in COVID. And she says they did well. And among other things, she's saying that they spent effort, time, and resources to redesign their working operations to ensure that people who had lost loved ones, people whose spouses were in hospital, they were catered for. And there was extra investment in psycho, social, uh, social support. And so the staff responded 
by doing extra shifts to accommodate those who are in hospital, etc. Are you surprised? No, I, I'm not. And um, when, when you take care of their mental health needs, they do better. Because what limits people is their mental health. The difference between two adults is how they think, how they feel about each other. And I, I think that's so. If, if, for example, you may have someone at work, some people hate, and other people too at work, and they love that same person. It is not the person. It's how they think and feel about the person. So when people feel well about themselves, and when they think well about things, and, and because we took some you know, effort to be able to help them in that regard, they're able to do well. Because when you're unhappy, you can't, you can't perform. When you're happy, you can't perform. That is why sometimes, even in marital conflicts here and there, you don't discuss issues when the other person is angry. Because nothing fruitful will come out of that conversation. I want to assure you that by the time my first guest, Dr. Isaac Newman, had finished describing mental health, we all knew that we, each of us has mental health issues. And just in case you did not join us early enough, let me go back to my summary of his definition alone. He says mental health is about thinking, feeling, and behavior. And so any thinking, feeling, or behavior that causes distress, damage, or deviation from regular behavior is a mental health issue. And he says when you have mental health issues, it impairs your behavior and also impairs your relationships. And the fact that you do not have a mental health illness does not mean you don't have a mental health issue. He distinguishes between issue and illness by saying that you can have a headache and not be sick. So all of us have mental health issues, but some have, are more serious than others. Is it, is it a good summary? <laughs> is this a good summary? <laughs> okay. And then we also were joined by yeah, Eva Rich, the adult, the yeah. group head of HR at Enterprise Group, who shared with us how the HR function has changed in the light of the stresses that people face in a time like this, especially with COVID-19 and the changes in the workplace design. She some incredible things that we will definitely revisit as we come to talk about organizational and professional development. But let me come to you, Doc. What are some of the red flags, the symptoms? Because it would seem that most mental health issues, they start small and then they escalate. What are the early warning signals that you are having stress and mental health issues? Yeah, so... Um so the four things I talked about can be um, can pre- uh, present in, in various forms. So the four things, the four Ds, talked about distress. So they would always complain about a certain kind of emotional pain or distress. You know, so today is this, today is that, and that kind of thing. And even pain can even be translated into physical pain. Emotional pain can uh, be translated into physical pain, where they come with all kinds of non-specific pain and symptoms. So they come to the hospital, they're having some palpitation, body aches here and there, abdominal pain here and there, and do everything you have to do as a doctor, you don't find anything. But it is emotional pain that, you know, uh, goes on to become a physical pain. So they have these kind of, all kinds of non-specific physical symptoms. Last week, my guest described, in the playback from last year, my guest described a physical condition that a doctor said could easily have killed him. That upon hearing that news, led to anxiety disorder. So in this case, a physical ailment led to a mental disorder. Perfect. But you are saying that the reverse also possible. Yes, so they are... Where phys- a mental yes. disorder 
could present itself as fiscal, in non-specific. Uh, yes, so, fiscal, so fiscal symptoms. Yes, fiscal symptoms. Wow. So people will come with some chest pain. Like even this COVID-19 season, there are people rush into the hospital, difficulty in breathing, palpitations, and prevents some confusion. And you go into the details, and it's because someone they knew has been diagnosed with some kind of uh, uh, COVID-19 related problems, and they are afraid or they are scared, they are anxious. A number of people with this particular yes. symptom that you mentioned. Yes. They, they test negative every time for COVID, and they say they have palpitations, they can't breathe. Yes. We are saying that it could be mental health. Yes, yeah, it's because, because they're anxious. Anxiety is one. And stress itself causes physical symptoms. Because when you're stressed, all kinds of hormones and you know uh, chemicals are released in the body. That is responsible for increasing blood pressure, increasing heart rate, increasing breathing. Some even have you know, gastrointestinal system. They may be running or even some urinary problems. They may be urinating frequently because they're anxious. It's just like someone in law court who has been slammed with about 25 years of uh, prison, uh, prison sentence. And the person may urinate on himself. Just that thought of, you know, that panic can cause all kinds of things. So there are a lot of physical symptoms. That is, is, is because of some psychological problems. Let me zero in on the a clear and present yes. issue. So for most people, the anxiety is about what if I test positive? Yes. What if somebody in my house gets infected? What if I die? And I'm told that I've had about three different tests, at diff uh, about five times. And any time, no matter how sure you are, any time between the test and the results can be very dis. Organizing. Is, is that one of the times people feel? Yeah, it, it is. It is. I've had four isolations already. Thankfully, all of them came out negative because I got in, in touch with people who had, who had COVID. And thankfully, all the labs came. And the first experience was even at the beginning, the very early stages of COVID-19. I think sometime in March or so, where I went for night duty and I came into contact with a suspected case. Immediately, they self-isolated me from night straight to an isolated center. And I was there for three days. And I remember that experience. At that time, everybody was confused. So the driver comes and uh, uh, you know, uh, hoots the, the horn and would, uh, what do you call it, put to alert me that he's around, put my food on the, at, the, at the door and run away. You know? And I was there like that. Every day they come and you're panicking. You don't know what, what is happening. And you are calling, is the results ready? Is the results ready? And you can't be close to anybody. Yeah, Everybody's right now. That alone is that stressful. That alone is stressful and, and it's damaging. It, it, it makes you feel that. I was there and I was wondering, ah, what is happening? And I wasn't even feeling any symptoms and all that. Everybody was running away from me and for three days. And when the results came, it was negative. You know, then the second so, so one... Did they, did they start running towards you now? He said... Did they now start running towards you? <laughs> so, so now everybody, everybody comes close to you because they realize you're negative. Even now, the driver, when he sees me, he wave me because he remembers that experience. You know, then the second are, one... Came. Are we doing better now? Oh, we, we, we are. You know, at, at that time, everybody didn't understand what COVID was. Now it's clear what it is. So that's why the anxiety has gone down. The management and approach has, has gone down. So that is one of the aspects of the symptoms of mental illnesses. Then also, we go to uh, behaviors. People show behaviors when they have mental illnesses. You cannot know what people are thinking about or how they're feeling until they show it. So anybody with mental illnesses, they have certain behaviors. So all mental illnesses, you know, all the classification of mental illness, you realize that there's always some behavior that puts, you know, uh, 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 helps us know which type of mental illness it is. 
So, for example, people who have poor self-care, you know, and they may have some kind of paranoia or hallucinations or delusions and stuff like that. Self-care is gone. They become socially redrawn and hypothetic about things. Schizophrenia. You know, they may have some, you know, um, uh, some kind of abnormal behaviors and all that. Depression, they become socially redrawn. They lose energy, interest and all that. Sleeping may be a problem. Concentration may be down. Even it pairs their normal functioning. They come to work and they are just no functional. This person was all over the place some time back. Now it's changed. They are giving excuses why they are not coming around. They are always making mistakes at work. Um, everybody, they are screaming at everybody. They become socially redrawn at work. They are not putting in their best at work and all that. It's a sign that something is going on. Even suicide, even those who commit suicide, four out of five will show you some signs that they want to die. They may even leave notes. They may talk about it. They may express themselves. So people express their mental problems, even to significant others. Every time they are complaining, I can't sleep, I'm sad, I'm worried, I'm this and that and that. So Usually mental illnesses, people communicate it or they show in a certain kind of behavior. And based on what we see and based on our assessments with some psychological tests and all that, we can zoom in to what the problem is and whether it's mild, moderate or severe. Let's spend the, um, the concluding part of this program talking about coping mechanisms, suggestions about how people can, can reduce the stress, manage the problem. Last week, many people sent, many of our viewers and listeners sent messages about when a person is infected the the fear of the issues around it is even more debilitating yeah. than the actual yeah. ailment yeah. how can we make this easier for people who are infected yes so there are probably five things that there are a lot of coping mechanisms but there are five i would suggest especially around this season based on what we are discussing Right, uh, people cope um, based on their evaluation of the stressor. So first of all, they evaluate themselves as to whether they have what it takes to solve the problem. Then the next evaluation has to be the resources they have, whether it's people or things around. When those evaluations or any of them is negative, then the stresses continue and it becomes you know worse for them. You know, and we have effective coping strategies and dysfunctional coping strategies. Effective ones are the things that would help improve the situation. Dysfunctional are the ones that will worsen the situation. Right? So dysfunctional example, the use of alcohol, illicit sex, use you know, anger, you know, outburst and all that to try and cope and all blame and all that. Then effective coping strategies. I'll share some, uh, maybe about five of them. One is that people should be positive about everything. People should have a positive attitude about everything. Okay, my business shut down, but it will work because I will take steps to make it work. This is not the end of the world. Instead of saying, ah, my business shut down, this year is difficult. God, why me? What are you doing to me? Is that how life is going to be like? One person is positive about it. And the person, even though they may not be able to change the situation, they will feel okay about it and make a certain progress. So even the Bible talks about it. Whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, whatever is this, it says dwell on these things. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. So positive things happen. Is that Philippians 4, 8? Yes, Philippians 4, 8. No. That's uh, a 6 preacher, to 8. preacher, carpenter, <laughs> powerful man. So, so, and the next thing is that surround yourself with positive people and positive information. Everything that happens around us, we pick it. And that becomes part of our experience and our mindset. So when you surround yourself with people who are positive, encourage you, lift you up, 
you know, be okay about. Sometimes you can even have business partners who have, have become very negative. You have to throw them away. And surround yourself with people who say, Charlie, it's going to work. Let's be creative about this. Let's think about this. Let's do this and that. It helps. You know, then also people should be thankful. Thankful for what they have. Instead of seeing the glass half empty, they should see it as half full. Because thankfulness helps you evaluate situations properly and be able to put the right, you know, I will use the word quantity. You measure it appropriately. Because when people lump all issues together, it looks too big. But when you take it case by case, you realize that they are not that difficult. They are solvable. So, for example, your work is collapsed. Your marriage is not working. Your children are messing up. When you put all of them together, it looks too big. But when you separate your work from your marriage, from your kids, then you're able to say, ah, it's my kid, but the problem is not that big. I can solve this other part is working. This other part is working. You can be thankful. Yes, you can't be thankful. Thankful. So be positive about everything. Surround Surround yourself yourself with positive people. people. Positive people and positive information. Positive information. And then be thankful. Then then thankfulness. Then the next one I'll suggest is that people should simplify their lives and focus on what is essential and important. Not everything is important. There are things that we can easily let go. And this pandemic has helped us focus on what is essential and important. You know, all, you know those days, people were very, very fascinated about traveling here and there. Now, almost every prophecy about you go to U.S. is gone. <laughs> Nobody is really... <laughs> the, the place you're going to there. <laughs> you know, now it's really not the, the thing again yeah, when yeah. people are traveling. So it means that you really don't need travel to, to live. So when people simplify their goals, aspirations, expectations, simplify their lives, you know, focus on what is important, essential, then we realize that we don't really need too much to be able to live. Because when you don't do that, then you think you have to do so much and you feel so overwhelmed, you know, and think that, for example, you really don't need a five-bedroom house or a six-bedroom house. Because what you are building now, in the next 10, uh, 15 years, is going to be... Your kids may not even want to live there because new designs would have come. I said they would have moved on. They would have moved on totally. This, the building, maybe most of the buildings are a waste. Now there are a lot, all kinds of cars coming up. And what you are so fascinated about in the next few years, it won't be. And if you think carefully, you really don't need a car to, to live. So car is important, but it is not so essential that if you don't get it, you won't live. So when people simplify their lives and their goals, it helps them... Focus on the on, on important things. Then the, f- the fifth one is that people should enjoy change and take advantage of change. So now that you're home and you are with the kids, that is a change. How can you enjoy home with the kids so that your kids even become a distresser for you? Play games with them, you know, enjoy cartoons with them. Instead of saying, ah, they're always shouting around, why not shout with them and run around with them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of enjoy change. Now, you see, enterprise, they are enjoying change. Right. And even if this pandemic ends, all the strategies they have developed would be an added strategy to what was already there. So enterprise has become better than they, 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 they used to be. So when people enjoy change and take advantage of change, you realize that they will not dread change. They will not dread something new. They would find various creative ways of coping with the same challenge instead of dread, dread the, same, the same challenges other people are dreading. Right. So these are the few things I think people can do at this time. Doc, we'll wrap up now, but just give us an idea about the core program. You were with us on the, on, on, on the core program for half a year, working with young people across the country, many of whom were 
presenting with peculiar issues and we had to work with them you as a member of the ghana psychological association working with them remotely just trying to help them deal with this i mean at the end when we aggregated how many people had been impacted by the program we came up with a number of 23 million Ghanaians across the country at one point or another benefited from e-learning e-counseling e-mentoring and they were held to build resilience they were held with well health and safety job readiness and just how to strive and thrive in this pandemic and beyond as somebody who contributed so significantly to it how does it feel that you you, you left your stamp on that program yeah personally i had some experiences with uh, quite a number not not too many because of some uh, issues that came along with me but from what I did uh, backstage with people and all that, because I had some contact referrals here and there from people from yeah, the program, yeah. you know, I realized that a lot of people just needed a little push to be able to navigate their way around. And I realized that people don't need so much to make progress. They just need someone to listen to them, someone to chip in a certain idea, someone to just help them navigate because some a of them push. a little, a little push, push. You know, it's, it's one of the lessons from going uh, at my youtube channel one of the a lessons little. from the top of mount yeah. Asaja too, or Asaja. everybody needs a little, a little just a push little help. And, 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 and that is the critical push sometimes it's just a comment so small and sometimes you you're even driving and you see at the back of a car don't give up mm. and that is that's, that's, all little, that's all you needed a little help is just what you need to put your life together. Dr. Isaac Newman Atta, you are a doctor, a medical doctor, clinical psychologist, marriage counselor, a pastor and a carpenter. Take us home with your thoughts about the future in a minute. How does the future look like in the light of mental health issues, the stress and the changing face of life and especially work? I think that the understanding of mental health issues has significantly improved. Even looking at Ghana, Ghana Psychological Council Association, Ghana Psychological Association, Mental Health Authority, and all kinds of mental health groups are doing so well educating people about And things have progressed. Passing of these bills here in the mental. So the future looks very, very bright. Now people walk into the hospital when they have mental health issues. I think that should continue. Okay. You know, And what I would finally say is that uh, mental health issues are real. People go through stuff. And at any point in time, if you think your thinking or feelings or behavior is causing significant distress or dysfunction, just seek help. Because just walk into any hospital and ask for mental health services. And if they don't even have it there, they will refer you to see another person. That's how it works. Yes. Well, this has been Springboard of Virtual University discussing this subject that any time we bring up, you all see that's a good one. And I want to corroborate the point made by Isaac Newman Arthur, Dr. Newman Arthur, that we have done far better than we used to do in bringing this issue on the front burner. Next, we will continue our series on repositioning, and we'll go through every facet of life and look at how to review the past, redesign the present, and reimagine the future. So we come your way again next week. My name is Albert Okran, thanking you on behalf of Team Springboard led by Comfort and saying, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you.
Good evening, this is The Probe. I am MFA Power and I welcome you to the show on behalf of the entire team. Tonight we are talking COVID, the facts, the science, as well as the strategy. And that's what we're talking about tonight here uh, on The Probe. And then it's amidst the new variants of the virus and the sharp rise in cases in Ghana. Shortly, I'll take you to the Jubilee House for updates number 23 on measures taking against spread of COVID-19 in the country by President Kufado. We're live on the Joy News Channel, Joy Prime, DSTV 421, GoTV is 144, Radio is Joy 99.7 FM and a dozen affiliates across the country. We're also live on Love 99.5 FM in Kumasi and of course myjoyonline.com. Tonight my guests uh, for the show here on the probe is Dr. Patrick Abwaji, Director General of the Ghana Health Service. We also have joining us via Zoom, Professor Gordon 